that. This morning, we are going to be reading from the Gospel according to Matthew again. Matthew chapter 18, verses 1 through 4 is the text I want to read with you. Vamos a leer Mateo 18, del versículo 1 al 4. Those page numbers that you see up on the screen are tied to those Bibles in the back. That'll help you to get there if you're using that particular uh, version. Si usan las Biblias de atrás, la página indica donde está el texto. Now, as you're getting there, as you're hunting for that scripture, I want to remind us all that as we're in this uh, series, we're looking at the different story that is being told through the Gospel of Matthew, and we're, we're doing something ambitious. We're covering two chapters at a time. We're looking at chapters 17 and 18 in particular today. Estamos cubriendo dos capítulos, capítulo 17, capítulo 18 hoy. So I'll be reading this short section, but keep in mind there's a whole lot of other material, and you'll want to kind of follow along as I trace what's going on in those two chapters. Van a querer seguir esos dos capítulos. Right now, I'm going to read first in Spanish and then in English from this particular text. Voy a leer primero en español, después en inglés. This is the good news, the gospel of our Lord, el Evangelio de nuestro Señor. En ese momento, los discípulos se acercaron a Jesús y le preguntaron, ¿Quién es el más importante en el reino de los cielos? Él llamó a un niño y lo puso en medio de ellos. Entonces dijo, les aseguro que a menos que ustedes cambien y se vuelvan como niños, no entrarán en el reino de los cielos. Por tanto, el que se humilla como este niño será el más grande en el reino de los cielos. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child and had him stand among them. And he said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever humbles himself like this child is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Uh, it was probably about two weeks ago, I, I was at home and I had a little free time. And I plopped down on the sofa and I, I did something that I rarely do. I said, dos semanas hice algo muy raro. Uh, I just turned on the television to see what was on. I don't typically do that. Prendí la televisión para ver lo que estaba ahí. And I found myself watching on PBS one of those uh, British murder mystery things. You know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, vi esos, esos programas tipo misterio en, en la televisión pública. But the thing is this, I didn't see the beginning. I started watching about 20 minutes into this thing, okay? Empecé después, había comenzado como 20 minutos antes. And so I'm trying to figure out what's going on. Estoy intentando ver qué pasa. So evidently, obviously, there's been some murders, right? Habido homicidios. And this British doctor, who I later found out was Australian, I didn't even know that, but I thought he was British, he's trying to figure out these murders, right? Este doctor está intentando resolver los homicidios. And along the way, a couple of other people get, you know, killed. And so that makes it worse. Those personas más se matan. And, and he's going all over the place. First he's at the hospital. And then in the next scene, he's over at the police station. Está en el hospital, después la estación de policía. And then uh, from there, he went, uh, let me see. Oh, yeah, he was at the local pub, you know, talking, chatting it up with the guys. Estaba en el bar. And then he was at a used car dealership, fue donde venden autos, and he was at a birthday party, una fiesta de cumpleaños, and then uh, he was at a funeral. Se fue a un funeral. Okay, so he's going all over the place. Finally, after 40 minutes, he just kind of wraps it all up, 
solves all the murders, después resuelve el misterio de los homicidios, and in a surprise ending, out of the blue, he gets married. I'm like, where did that come from? How did he have time to date? I mean, what's going on here? Después hay una boda, and I'm kind of scratching my head as I watch this story unfold. And, and yet, here's the thing, even though I didn't understand what was going on, I was caught up in it. Aunque no entendía, estaba atraído a esta historia. Why? Well, because I think at a certain point along the way, even though I couldn't understand everything, at a certain point along the way, I just decided to play along. I just decided to see where this story was going, where it would take me, and it just kind of took me by the hand and led me. Decidí seguir el juego, seguir la corriente de la narración a donde me iba a traer. Now, I tell you that because this morning, as we look at Matthew chapter 17 and 18, our scripture today, I think we find something similar going on here. Algo parecido a Mateo 17 y 18. If you were just to take some time, and, and I hope maybe you do later on today, just sit down, and if you were to read Matthew 17, Matthew 18, all by itself, it would seem like there's no rhyme or reason to what is going on. Parece que no hay sentido de, de esos dos capítulos. I, I mean, what we seem to have in these two chapters are uh, random snippets, random episodes from the life and the, the ministry of Jesus on episodios a la sala de la vida ministerio de Jesús. And Jesus is kind of all over the place, like this doctor on TV. First, uh, at the very beginning, Jesus takes three disciples, Peter, James, and John, up to a high mountain, and they're up in this very high place. Jesús les lleva un monte alto, and, and there this heavenly scene unfolds where Jesus is bathed in a dazzling light, and there appear uh, Moses and Elijah, two of the Old Testament heroes of the faith, and they're talking with Jesus. It's an event known as the Transfiguration. Se trata de la Transfiguración, donde Jesús aparece en una luz brillante con Moisés y Elías, estos héroes de la fe. That's the first scene. But then in the next scene, Jesus comes down to the valley. He's at a low point. And here he's dealing with the rest of the disciples and specifically the incompetence of those disciples en frente a la competencia de los discípulos because they're trying to heal a boy who's plagued by a demon and they just can't seem to get the job done. No pueden sanar un niño endemoniado. And so Dr. Jesus steps in. He heals the boy. Jesús sana al niño. And then immediately after performing this great miracle, he turns around and it would almost seem, almost matter-of-factly tells the disciples, hey, guess what? I'm going to die. I'm going to rise again. Después les predice que va morir y resucitar. So in the space of just a few verses here at the beginning, we go from the sublime of the transfiguration, a sublime la transfiguración, and from there we go to the ridiculous of the disciples' failed exorcism, lo ridículo de exorcismo que no se dio, and then we go to the tragic, as Jesus tells them what's going to happen después lo trágico en su predicción su muerte. But then it's like the disciples don't even have time to wallow in their sadness of that fact, 
Because right after that, they're caught up in a question. Does Jesus pay taxes or not? It's this mundane, everyday question. Es que Jesús paga los impuestos? And then Jesus has a child in the midst of them, and he's teaching and he's talking to them with this child. Jesús enseña con este niño en su medio. And then, I mean, get this, children are there, and they're probably just leaving, and Jesus starts to talk about gory stuff, like cutting off your hand and, and plucking out your eye in order to avoid sin. Después habla de cortarte la mano, sacarte el ojo para evitar el pecado. And we get into chapter 18 and all of a sudden he's talking about how you deal with disputes and conflicts in the church. Después habla del conflicto en la iglesia. And then the whole thing wraps up, chapter 18 wraps up with Jesus telling this, this amazing parable of the power of God's forgiveness and how that ought to motivate us to do the same. This would narra una parábola de perdón de Dios y cómo debemos perdonar a los demás. And you look at all these things that are going on and the natural thing to ask is, you know, what is all of this about? ¿De qué se trata? And I think the answer in part is that we are joining the story in progress. It's like that program that I joined in progress. There's a bigger story going on here than what we can see. Hay una historia más grande. It's about the different story that God is writing through Jesus. Se trata la historia diferente de Jesús. And if we're gonna, if we're gonna benefit from that story, then we need to get caught up in it. We, in a sense need to play along. Tenemos que ser atraído a la historia y seguir la corriente. And that's kind of the theme that comes out of the transfiguration, for example. Let's go back to that story. En la transfiguración vemos esto. Peter is there on the mountain. This scene is unfolding with Jesus, Moses, and Elijah. And it's almost like for just a second, Peter Peter's trying to figure this out. And he's like, ah, I got it. Oh, I know what part of the story this is. This is the part of the story where God's kingdom finally comes to earth. Es la parte donde el reino de Dios ya viene. Oh, Jesus, this is great. Okay, so what we're going to do, we're going to set up base camp here. Uh, we're going to get a tent for Jesus, a tent for Moses, a tent for Elijah. We're going to invade the world. The kingdom of God is here. Vamos a poner una carpa para Jesús, Moisés, Elías, e invadir el mundo con el reino de Dios. And the voice of God, the Father, thunders from heaven. And in fact, says, Peter, you're not in charge of the story. This one, this one is my son whom I love, Jesus. He's the one in charge, not you. Listen to him. Este hijo mío es mi amado. Él está a cargo de todo. Escúchalo a él. It's almost as if the father is saying to Peter, Peter, you don't get it. You just need to shut up and play along. Cállate y sigue el juego. And then again, it's Peter who's front and center in that scene talking about taxes. You know, uh, the, the religious leaders come to Jesus and they say, does Jesus pay taxes? And specifically, it's the temple tax. The temple tax. Se trata si Jesús paga los impuestos del templo. And Peter's logic is good. He says, well, let me see here. Jesus is a good Jew. Good Jews pay their temple tax. 
So yeah, of course he's going to pay his tax. Jesús es un buen judío, los buenos judíos pagan sus impuestos. Claro que sí. And then Jesus steps in and says, Peter, that's not the story. I'm not just a good Jew. I'm the son of the king. Yo soy el hijo del rey, no solo un buen judío. And sons of kings don't pay taxes. They're exempt from that. Los hijos de los reyes no tienen que pagar los impuestos. But Jesus has much bigger fish to fry. Jesús tiene otra prioridad. So he says, Peter, you know what? Let's just play along. Go out there, throw your line in the sea, catch a fish. Inside you'll find enough, a coin with enough tax for you and for me. Tira tu anzuelo al mar, vas a recoger un, un pez y ahí encontrarás, encontrarás la moneda para el impuesto. So here even in these two stories we see something that I think Jesus is trying to show Peter, and I think he's showing us too. And, and what we see here is that there are actually, in this story, there are actually two realities that are existing side by side. Hay dos realidades que existen el uno, la una al, al lado de la otra. There's the reality and the storyline of everyday life, the world that we know. La realidad de todos los días. But right next to that is the reality of the kingdom of God. Después hay la realidad del reino de Dios. What we see in chapter 17 and chapter 18 is that through Jesus, the reality, the storyline of God's kingdom keeps interrupting. It keeps breaking into the storyline of everyday life in this world. It's breaking into situations of, of conflict and kids and sickness and taxes, the stuff that we deal with every day. Está interrumpiendo el reino de Dios en nuestro mundo de impuestos y niños, enfermedades y contiendas. And that's really the direction Matthew's taking this. That's the direction God is taking this from this point on in the gospel according to Matthew. The kingdom of God is constantly pressing into this world and by the time we get to the cross, it's not just going to be sneaking under the door or through a crack. At the cross, the door just gets flung wide open. En la cruz se abre la puerta de par en par and the kingdom of God is going to usher in something new, a new reality, the forgiveness of sins, the freedom of God's people, the restoration of things, the renewal of all things. La cruz va a abrir la puerta al perdón, la libertad, la restauración. And here's the story, see, that is going to unfold that Dr. Jesus is going to come and he's going to solve all of the mysteries of life and of death and all of that. And then, get this, in a surprise ending, the Bible says, Dr. Jesus gets married. He gets married to this group of people called the church. A fin de cuentas se casa el doctor Jesús con su iglesia. But you see, the disciples can't see all of that. We can, but they can't. Ellos no pueden ver esto. So what is Jesus calling them to do? He's, he's basically saying you need to listen to me and you need to become more aware of that other reality breaking in. Follow me. 
Hay que seguirme a mí, escucharme a mí. How? ¿Cómo? Matthew 18, verse 2. He called a little child and had him stand among them. Y llamó un niño lo puso en medio de ellos. And he said, I tell you the truth, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Les aseguro que a menos ustedes cambien y se vuelvan como niños, no entrarán en el reino de los cielos. Unless you change, a menos que cambien. That word change just means to turn around, to give your back to something or, or to turn your back to something. Es dar la espalda a algo o, o dar la vuelta. Saying to the disciples, unless you turn around, unless you are willing to turn your back on being in control, of your story, unless you're willing to turn your back on thinking you know what's going on, unless you're willing to repent and become like a child, to just be humble and let this take you where it goes, you're not going to know my kingdom. A menos que, que des la espalda al deseo de estar en control y te humillas como un niño, no puedes entrar en el reino de los cielos. See, he's calling the disciples, he's calling us to play along. To have faith. And to exercise faith looks a lot like playing along sometimes. Es ejercitar la fe siguiendo la corriente. This is what kids know how to do way better than we adults way better. Los niños saben hacer esto. Uh, I was reminded of that a little over a month ago uh, when we had our Amped Bible Day Camp here on the campus of Sunrise. Tuvimos nuestro campamento diurno hace más un mes. And I was in charge of uh, leading a table of fourth and fifth grade boys. And it was a great group. Tuve una mesa de niños de cuarto quinto grado. And uh, we were talking one day about how God was with Joseph in the ups and in the downs of his His trial in Egypt. You may know that story. Hablamos de cómo Dios estaba con José en los altibajos de su prueba en Egipto. And to demonstrate that, there was this activity where I, I had to put in some chairs. I, I made a couple of rows of chairs. Hice un par de filas de, 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 de sillones. And we made a pretend roller coaster. Hicimos una montaña rusa postiza, ¿verdad? So, I'm putting this together and I'm thinking, I don't know, these guys are in fifth grade. Some of them are going into sixth grade. They're, this is, they're going to be way too cool for this. I don't think they're going to go for it. I really don't. No, no creo que vayan a seguir esto. Uh, but you know what? They surprised me. They surprised me. So, okay, so you guys are in a roller coaster, right? Estamos en una montaña rusa. Okay, so we're going up, up, up. We're at the top. Come on. Yeah! Come on. Yeah, we're at the top. And we're going down. Whoa! Here we go. Going down. And these guys were into it. And they had a blast. Les gustó. Why? Because they're children yet. Maybe not for long, but they're children. And what do children know how to do best? They know how 
to play along and know how to go with the flow and pretend. Los niños saben seguir la corriente, disfrutar del juego. And you see, that's what Jesus is asking of you and me. Because the truth is, we're on a roller coaster ride, folks. I don't know about you, but life is a series of ups and downs and twists and turns. And we don't know where this thing is going all the time. La vida es como una montaña rusa. We're going all over the place. And I'm trying to figure out the story of my life, and maybe you are too. And Jesus is saying here, we need to let His rule increasingly get a hold of our lives. And we need to trust Him and we need to play along. Tenemos que confiar en Él. How do we do that? ¿Cómo? Well, there's all kinds of ways in here in Matthew 17 and 18 that He's telling us to do that. How do we let the rule of God get into us and how do we, how do we follow Jesus' way in our lives? Well, it's about forgiving each other. Se trata perdonar los unos a los otros. Why? Because as Jesus says in His parable, we owe God like a gazillion dollars. And... How dare we go to our friend or neighbor who owes us 50 cents and shake him by the neck and say, pay up. Le debemos a Dios millones. ¿Cómo debemos, nos atrevemos a ahorcar a nuestro vecino por 50 centavos? Forgive. Let the kingdom in. It's about the way we deal with our differences if we're in the family of God. Se trata como enfrentamos el conflicto. How do we let the kingdom in? Well, when we have a conflict, when we have a problem, you don't fight it out over this thing by text message. No lo haces con contexto. No, you go to that person. Talk with them. Share with them your concern. Ves a esa persona personalmente y, y, y compartes lo que tienes. And if, if that doesn't work, take a friend, another person along and try to work it out. Que lleves a otra persona para, para ayudar. And if that doesn't work, then, then you can go to church leaders and say, we've got a problem here. And you know, we're not going to make a big deal out of it, but we've got a problem. Help us. Después los líderes de la iglesia and the leaders of the church are there to work all of that out. What you don't do is you don't out somebody on Facebook, right? You don't out somebody on Twitter. You hear that, politicians? Sorry. You know what I'm saying? We don't out each other. That's not the way we work in the body of Christ. Así no somos en el cuerpo de Cristo. We love each other. How do we bring the kingdom in? We, we fight against sin. Tooth and nail. To the point of cutting out of our lives whatever is going to keep making us stumble and getting brutal about that. Se trata cortar de la vida lo que nos hace tropezar. Jesus is exaggerating, of course, about cutting off arms and, and taking out eyes, but he's, the point is saying we're going to fight this because this is how the kingdom comes in. See, there's a different story that we're following. There's a different story going on than we think because the world wants to tell us the story of your life is you get to live for yourself for 80 years and leave a trail of destruction behind you in your wake and then you die and it's a blank screen. That's the story the world's trying to tell us. It's a false narrative. 
El mundo nos dice que puedes vivir por ti mismo 80 años, dejar en tu estela destrucción, morir y hay la pura nada. It's a different story. And maybe if we listen to Jesus more closely, we'd understand how to live. Jesus predicts his death here. Jesus lived with the end in mind. You understand that part of your story in mind is we're going to die? Hate to break it to you. It's going to happen. Do you think about that? Piensas en tu muerte? Jesus thought about his death. Disciples didn't want to think about it. But the story is this. We have a good shepherd. And he's died for us because he is the one who has come to this earth looking for just that one lost sheep. Like the song we sang, he leaves the 99 to come after that one person. Jesús deja las 99 para buscar la oveja extraviada. And guess who that is? That's me. That's you. Jesus came to earth. The story is he came looking for us to the point of dying for us. Nos buscó y hasta murió por nosotros. And if that's the case, if that's the story that Dr. Jesus was willing to give up his life, then we can certainly play along and follow him as he looks for some other lost sheep that are out there. And we can be a part of that. Podemos ser parte de su búsqueda de otras ovejas extraviadas. As I... Uh, began a study for this message a couple weeks ago. I uh, was just coming back from vacation. Estaba ya en la oficina después de las vacaciones hace dos semanas. And um, <clears throat> to be honest, I have to tell you, this year, this year has not gone according to script for me. Okay, this year has not been the year I planned out. And I have fought that a lot. This is not the way I would have written up 2018, okay? My wife, thank God, is here today, but she's had major surgery, major hospitalizations, major issues. She's not walking yet, but she's getting there. But it's been a, it's been a roller coaster ride, but that's just part of it. Eso es en parte. Some of you know, others may not, that I have a very dear family member close to me in the Midwest who's going through a very trying time. And there's no end in sight, folks. I don't know how it's going to work out. He's, you know, he's depressed. Tengo un familiar que está muy deprimido. No sé cómo va a salir todo eso. And there's other things I could tell you about. It just seems like everything in my story, I'm saying, what is going on here? Okay, so... We get back from vacation, and yeah, frankly, vacation wasn't what I would have written up this year either. Regreso a las vacaciones, and I'm two days back in the office, and I get sick. I'm wiped out. Después de dos días me enfermo, and, and I've got people to see, things to do, fires to put out, stuff to catch up. Tengo tanto que hacer, and I'm standing there, I'm going, God, what is going on? Nothing in my life is working right now. You know you can say that to God. And then I read Matthew 17 and 18. And I hear Jesus saying, Russ, you're not in charge of this story. Whose story do you think this is? It's not yours. It's mine. 
trust me. Trust me and just play along. Just play along like a child. Confía en mí. Sigue el juego. Disfruta del juego. So I want to ask you this morning, where might you be struggling in your story right now? It might be something just every day and it might be something really big that you're dealing with. ¿Dónde estás luchando? Puede ser algo mundano, algo grande. The invitation that Jesus gives us is to become like children. To trust in Him like a child. Turn our backs on trying to be the ones in control. Trying to write the story our way. Tenemos que dar la espalda e intentar estar en control. I don't know about you, but I need prayer. We all need prayer. And that's where I'd like to bring us right now is to a time of prayer. Quiero invitarles a orar conmigo. And I want to give us an opportunity to bring those things to Jesus by bringing them to each other. We have some uh, of our elders and some of our wonderful prayer team people at Sunrise who are, are available and willing to pray with you Uh, I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. And here's the thing that I want to pray for or that I want to invite you to in this prayer time. Just you can come to someone. They may be at the side, at the front, at the back. We just want to pray. We don't have answers either, but we're just going to pray for the grace, the ability to be like children and trust in Jesus. Just play along. Vamos a pedir la gracia de confiar en el Señor Jesús. So let me just pause here and pray quickly and then invite you to come forward. Let's pray. Lord, I just realize as I share from my own heart that many hearts may be heavy today. There may be hearts that are frustrated, hearts that are angry with you or with someone else. There may be conflicts. There may be taxes and bills to pay. There may be kids that are not turning out the way we think they should. A lo mejor, Señor, hay muchas cosas que no se dan como queremos. Impuestos para pagar niños que no están siguiendo el buen camino. And we just need you, Jesus. We don't know where you're taking us. We don't know what the next turn holds. But we just come to you. Just come to you, good shepherd, because you have come after us. Thank you for seeking us. Thank you for seeking and saving that which was lost. And thank you for the story that you give us, the peak you give us at the end of the story, that yes, it will turn out okay. And you will bring all things together. You will solve all mysteries. And you will marry your people and be with them forever. Gracias que tú vas a resolver los misterios y poner todas las cosas en orden y, y, y que todas las cosas lleven para el bien here we are hear your people as we come to you and pray it's in Jesus name en el nombre del Señor Jesús come for prayer